In this morning's text from the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew is a series of comments that hold the listener to a much higher standard than what was expected under the law. And this week's passage really builds on last week. And if you did not hear last week, let me give you the highlight. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this week, Jesus is telling us how our righteousness can indeed exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And I'm just going to let you know early on, it's not by perfectly following the law. It's not a matter of all of the rules. In fact, it's actually much more than following the rules because God holds us to that higher standard. Let's run down. We'll do a quick compare contrast between the law and what Jesus says. The law, do not murder. Jesus, don't even hate anyone. The law, settle your issues before a judge. Jesus, go out of your way to settle before it ever gets that far. The law, do not commit adultery. Jesus, don't even look at someone with a sense of lust. The law, you may divorce if you want. Jesus, do not divorce your spouse. The law, do not make false oaths. Jesus, be a person of such integrity that your very word, yes or no, is more binding than any oath you may make. This simple rundown of the differences between the law of God and the standard Jesus sets for us creates a rather obvious outcome. Much more than the offending action, sin is actually found in the offending attitude. While murder is a horrific offense, Jesus makes clear that it is hatred that would lead to murder which displays how far we are from God's ideal. In a similar way, if you have a bunch of animosity towards another and enough that you seek to sue that person in court, there is an attitude problem long before you ever see the judge. Turning our attention to marital relationships, adultery and divorce are signs of something wrong between the husband and the wife long before either one considers that permanent separation made in effect by law. And finally, when do people swear an oath? When do they say, I swear to God, I put my hand on the Bible, I fill in the blank, as the example here was, swear on your own head, swear on the city of Jerusalem. Well, you make those types of comments, those exaggerated protestations for the truth, in a way of proving you're telling the truth where Jesus makes clear that as Christians, we must be known for telling the truth at all times. The listener should never question if truth is being said or not. And each of these issues reflect an inner state of our lives, which is then displayed in how we interact with other people. And too often people forget that we are not judged for our relationship with God alone. We are judged, quite literally, I want you, 
after the service has ended to go and read the final judgment narrative found in Matthew chapter 25 to see what I mean when I say we are literally judged and held accountable for our relationship with and our actions towards one another. Our relationships with each other, therefore, is what I want for us to turn our attention to in the time we have remaining. And Jesus instructs us, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and give your gift. We can see a similar message in Psalm 51 where King David laments his sin and says to God, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. We are called upon to reconcile with each other. Definitely not to hate each other. This call is so strong that Jesus says that our sacrifice is worthless unless we seek that forgiveness from the one we have offended or has offended us. Cyril of Alexandria explained it this way, The statement, if you should bring your gift shows that this is conceived as a means of salvation and as an escape from punishment for sinners. For this God invented repentance. One will avert punishment, however, who tends to the feeling of another who has been wounded. But one who does not love his brother does not love the Lord. Hence it is fitting that whoever bears hard feelings towards his brother is not accepted, since he does not approach the Lord in truth. You see, how we treat each other will will reveal if we truly love God. If I only want to make a sacrifice so that I could pay the bill of my sins, so to speak, then I don't have, in the words of King David, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. David makes clear in his psalm that God will reject that sacrifice because it is a false sacrifice. In an ancient sermon fragment, sadly without any indication of which of our earliest Christian fathers wrote it, we find this guidance related to our passage for today. Do not respond with, He offended me, I didn't offend him. He ought to square up with me and not I with him. If for the sake of your salvation the Lord orders you to make friends, though you are the one who has been more offended, you must apologize that you may have double credit, first, because you have been offended, and second, because you were first to apologize. For if you have offended someone and then ask pardon of him, the Lord will forgive you for your offense because you were the first to ask pardon. But if one has done wrong by you and you are the first to apologize, you will have a great reward. Hurry, therefore, to be the first one to make friends. Otherwise, if you should delay, he may be first to apologize and may snatch from your hands the reward of love. Certainly, the Lord does not want you to grovel for forgiveness, but he orders you to be the first to apologize. And for a final appeal to the wisdom 
of the earliest Christians, St. Gregory the Great, says that this passage gives us an understanding of how great and evil strife and refusing reconciliation is. So incredible and evil that, he says, it throws away what should be a means of reconciliation of sin. Christian brothers and sisters, we are held to a much higher standard than the law. Jesus expects our attitudes, our hearts, to safeguard our souls. To this end, Jesus commands us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.